Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. Either you're filled with the Holy Spirit or you're not. There wasn't the denominations back then. Either you're filled with God's Spirit or you're not. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, then you are a believer in God. You are His child. But if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then you are not. Pretty simple. We complicate it. So many different denominations and all this stuff. But it comes down to, are you Spirit-filled or are you not? There are countless sermons, books, commentaries, blogs, a seemingly infinite library of opinion on what it means to be a Christian. As Pastor Eric teaches in today's message, it doesn't have to be so complicated. Either you're filled with the Holy Spirit or you're not. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part three of today's message. I'm blessed to be able to share the word with you tonight. So if you have your Bibles, your devices, whatever you read God's word on, please open them up, turn them on. To 1 Samuel chapter 2, uh, as we continue our study through uh, the book of Samuel. And remember that I said that uh, a few weeks ago that 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel are really one book. Uh, and it, when it was translated by the Greek, they ran out of room on the manuscripts, and so they split it into two different books. But it is one account, and uh, it was inspired by God Himself uh, through His Spirit, and man wrote it down. Um, and so tonight we're going to be in chapter 2, like I said, we're going to be in verses 11 through 36, yeah, and uh, if you're a note taker, uh, I titled the message, Honor God and He Will Honor You. Now, do you believe that? Honor God and He Will Honor You. It's actually a, a really awesome statement because honor means that you are going to respect God and He is going to show that same respect to you. Isn't that sweet? I, I just love that because... He, he is a God that is loving and He is almighty and that He cares for us enough to respect us as well. Pretty amazing. Anyways, going on from uh, chapter 2 of last week, we learned of Hannah's prayer. And Hannah's had some pretty amazing things take place in her life. Uh, she's been battling over the years with depression, but then the, she went to the Lord with that and cried out because she couldn't have a baby. And, and the other wife in the situation was giving her a hard time because she couldn't have a kid. And so she cried out to God and says, God, please just give me a child and I will give him back to you. That was in chapter 1, but chapter 2, we see her just praising God. We see that Hannah was rejoicing in God with what he had done for her. What did he do for her? Man, he gave her Samuel. I mean, a baby boy. I mean, a child is a blessing from God. And here, especially to a woman who couldn't have children, she was able to have Samuel. So what a blessing. What a great reason to rejoice in the Lord. But then she also professes that God resists the proud. Because remember, the one who was, uh, Peninnah was Elkanah's other wife, was just giving her such a hard time and it made her heart so distressed. And so God was just, uh, Hannah was crying out and saying, you resist the proud. And, 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 and God definitely does, doesn't he? That he resists those who are proud in heart. And so she was professing that. But it's a great word for you and I that we ought not to be proud and full of pride within our lives. And we're going to look more into pride tonight. But then Hannah proclaimed that it was God who strengthened her because she was dealing, it, uh, dealing with a hard time. I mean, if you were getting put down day after day, year after year, you would be feeling pretty crappy. 
But yet, she cried out, and she recognized who her strength came from. It came from God, man. And not from any of anybody else, but it came from the Lord. And then finally, we saw the promise of God saying that wickedness will not stand. And I say, praise God for that, because there's so much wickedness that hits us in our lifetime. And we look around in the world that we live in, and we're like, how much longer is this going to take place? But there's going to be an end of it. God's, he is a just God, and He is going to put an end to wickedness one day. So today, as we conclude chapter 2, we're going to look at three sections within the, the, the verses 12 through 36. 12 through 17, we're going to look at Eli's sons. Verses 18 through 21, we're going to be seeing how Samuel is growing. And then finally, we're going to see how Eli the priest is being addressed by God himself. Let's verses 12 through 17 look at our first section, Eli's sons. It says, Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. They did not know the Lord. And the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered a sacrifice, the priest's servant would come with a three-pronged flesh hook in his hand while the meat was boiling. Then he would thrust it into uh, the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot, and the priest would take for himself all that the flesh hook brought up. So they did in Shiloh to all the Israelites who came there. Verse 15, also before they burned the fat, the priest's servant would come and say to the man who sacrificed, Give meat for the roasting to the priest, for he will not take boiled meat from you, but raw. And if the man said to him, They should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires. He would then answer him, No, but you must give it now, and if not, if not, I will take it by force. Verse 17, Therefore the sin of the young men was very great before the Lord, for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. So here we see in this first section, Eli's sons were, we were introduced to them in chapter 1. Their, name was, are, their names are Hophani and Phinehas. And what do we see? Our observations in this first uh, few verses that they were corrupt. I mean, right off the gate, God's not holding anything back. They were corrupt. Well, why were they corrupt? Well, because they didn't know the Lord. Now, these guys were priests serving in Shiloh. Their father, Eli, was the high priest acting at this time. He was serving at this time as high priest. And so we see that they're corrupt. Corrupt literally means, you guys, they were worthless. Worthless. They were uh, good for nothing, uh, wicked, and ungodly men. What a title to be known as, in the, in, right? Corrupt. And again, why were they like this? Why were they ungodly? Why, in a sense, were they worthless? Why were they wicked? Well, it tells us right there in verse 1. They did not know the Lord. They did not know the Lord. But yet, isn't it funny that they're acting as priests? God's ministers to the people? Oh yes, even godly men on the outside, what, the, what people see, cannot know the Lord. It's truth. So their actions of their corruptions, well, well let's look at that. Well, what were they doing that was so corrupt, so wicked, so worthless, good for nothing? <laughs> well, first, they sent the servant to the people with a three-pronged hook. I didn't get a picture of it, but I just, okay, three-pronged, like a fork on steroids, right? And <laughs> this servant would go to the people who brought their sacrifices to the Lord 
and then they would stick the three-prong hook into the meat, and then they would rip out a portion of the meat. And that was for the priests. That was for these two guys and for Eli. But then, secondly, then we see that the servant then not only did this, but then he would go to the people when they brought their offerings and offered it to the Lord. What it tells us in Leviticus, back in the law, is that the people would bring the offering and they would burn the fat. The fat was like the great piece of the meat, okay? And then the, the breast of the meat would then be given to the priest. But what is taking place here? They didn't want that. They didn't want the offering to go before the Lord first. They wanted their portion first. In fact, they wanted it raw. Now, I don't know why they wanted it raw. Maybe they wanted to season, uh, season it a different way. But the point being is, is that they were taking the offering meant for the Lord, what was supposed to be given to God first, they took it for them first, themselves first. Pretty crazy, huh? The servant would say, give us, give us the flesh, give us to us raw. And the people were like, no, I, I'm pretty sure that we were directed to burn the, uh, the, the fat first, and then you can have whatever you want to your heart's desire. And what did the servant say? No. If you don't give it to me, I'm going to take it by force. Well, something doesn't seem right to me here. This doesn't seem like the way that God would want his priests operating with his people. I mean, because here's the thing, is that they were, they were just doing as they pleased. They were selfish. They were the sons of the high priests. But they were selfish, prideful men that took advantage of God's people. They were religious bullies. Right? Religious bullies. They did as they pleased. They had no respect for God's people. And the result of their no respect, not only to God, but to the people, is that the people didn't want to come and offer to the Lord. Don't you think that's a problem? Because what is the point of a priest? It's to encourage the people to worship the Lord, to engage with Him. But yet they were driving them away. They were causing many to stumble before God. Now, Hophani and Phinehas were like this because they did not know God. And again, like I mentioned earlier, even in the church today, there are people who do not know God. Just because you come to church does not mean that you're a believer. If you're prideful, if your actions are that of wickedness, you have no fear of God, but yet you're still calling yourself a Christian, I would love to challenge you tonight to examine your heart. Because those, uh, those qualities are not of one who follows Christ. Are you really following Jesus? Here we see a good warning from God. Just because you go to church does not mean that you are a Christ follower. The early church in Acts put it like this, you guys. Either you're filled with the Holy Spirit or you're not. There wasn't the denominations back then. Either you're filled with God's Spirit or you're not. If you're filled with the Spirit of God, then you are a believer in God. You are His child. But if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then you are not. Pretty simple. We complicate it. So many different denominations and all this stuff. But it comes down to, are you Spirit-filled or are you not? Because once a, pla a person places their faith in Jesus, then Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit. And then here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. He then comes in, and then He changes the person from the inside out. Amen. 
Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Because when we try to change from the outside in, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. If there is no Spirit of God on the inside, there is no godliness on the outside. If there is no Holy Spirit on the inside, there is no godliness on the outside. You can pretend, but eventually your sin will be revealed. Jesus said this concerning a person who is a believer. He says, therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Matthew seven twenty. The only way you can produce good fruit, you guys, is having the Holy Spirit producing that fruit. Is the fruit being produced by the Holy Spirit within you? And to inspect your fruit, I would encourage you to read Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, and then also Ephesians chapter 5, verse 9, at your leisure. Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and Ephesians 5, verse 9. So here we see that even though they were priests, they were acting as God's agents here uh, with the people, but they, they were corrupt because they themselves did not know the Lord. Continuing on in verses 18 through 21, let's, let's read about what's going on with Samuel here. It says, But Samuel, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child, wearing a li- linen ephod. Moreover, his mother used to make it, make him a little robe. Oh, how cute, right? And bring it to him year by year. I mean, she's a mom. When she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. And Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, Lord, give you descendants from this woman for the loan that was given to the Lord. Then they would go to their own home. In verse 21, and the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. Wow. Meanwhile, the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Here's a woman who could not have children, but now she has six kids. That's all God. That's all the Lord. And so in the midst of the wickedness going on with Eli's sons, God was doing an amazing work still. I mean, you see it for yourself. Check out the butt in verse 18. I know that sounds funny, but check out the butt. (laughs) But Samuel, right, ministered before the Lord. So you've got two corrupt priests, those those two that didn't know the God, but you have a little child named Samuel, and he was ministering to the Lord. Ministering meaning serving God. Here's a little child serving God. In the midst of corruption, there was still good going on. Amazing. So Samuel was serving the Lord even at a young age. Then we also see within these verses the blessings of giving God the whole offering. Not holding anything back, but giving it all to God. Remember how the two priests were taking things for themselves before the offering to God? Here we see a great example of a woman and a husband giving God the entire offering, their son, and then God blessing them for not holding anything back from him. God blessed them with more children. So again, in the midst of wickedness, there are still those, especially in this passage, Samuel, Elkanah, and Hannah, who are serving the Lord. And they can come at any age. That's what I think is amazing. And God blesses those who don't hold anything back from Him. 
So in the midst of corruption, in the midst of wickedness, you can still serve God. That's amazing. You can still serve God. And no matter how old you are, not the, how young you are, if you have the Holy Spirit within you, you can serve God. And I've seen it, you guys. I've seen it with the children. I've seen it with older adults. You can serve God. And many times we feel that either I can't be used yet because I'm not old enough or I'm too old and God doesn't want to use me. That's a lie. You can be used. You just have to be willing and open again for the Holy Spirit to control you. And and I say control because the word is filled, right? But what a better word to say control (laughs) because we should let the Spirit of God control us. No matter how old you are, you can still serve the old. And serving the Lord, you guys, will show the light of God in the wickedness and the corruption that you are in. Serving God and his, and his light will shine forth from the darkness and corruption around will not stand. It will flee. Jesus said this in Matthew 5, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine before men. That tells me that we're going to be in areas of darkness. So therefore, we've got to let the Spirit of God then flow through us, use us, so that the Spirit of God, the light that is Him, Jesus is the light, right? That light then comes forth, and it's broadcasted to the darkness. And then the darkness flees. Pretty amazing. So even in the midst of corruption, you can still serve God, and then God's light can still shine forth. And then we also see that you, uh, that you are blessed when you honor God. When you honor God and you give him fully everything, God will honor you. Jesus said this in John 12, 26, If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. So what is Jesus trying to communicate to us? If we serve him, then we're serving the Father, and the Father, God, is going to do what? He's going to honor you. Well, not only is that a a, a sweet thing to see, but it's a promise from God. And God is good on his promises. So if he says, if you're serving me, and you're, you're serving my son Jesus, I'm going to honor you. You can take it to the bank. You can hold on to that. You can sit there and say, I am going to be honored by God because he, uh, I'm serving his son. Therefore, I'm serving you, God. Well, that tells me don't hold anything back from God. And so often we can hold everything back from God, especially ourselves. And that's one thing that I'm personally trying to let go of is myself. So I can be fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. And the, the crazy thing is, is what controls you? There's something that controls you. Either it's anger, either it's, it, it's fear, anxiety, depression, worry. What controls you? Because the thing is, is that we need to set those things aside and let the Spirit of God control us instead. That is so hard to do. But I'm learning that it is possible. And how is it possible? By getting out of the way. And just saying, God, please, I have faith that you are going to control. And when I need you, you're going to be there and you're going to speak through me. You're going to give me the words. You're going to reveal your word to me when I need to know it. You're going to do all these amazing things because that's what God has promised us through the helper. 
the Holy Spirit. So church, don't hold anything back from God. Give it all to Him. And He will honor you. Moving on in verse 22 through 36, we see then our our third section that we're going to look at tonight. And our final is that Eli is addressed. So Eli, you'll see here, is he's an interesting character, man. But it says this in verse 22. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all Israel. How they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your, uh, hear of your evil de- dealings from the, all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. Verse 25. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Oh, we have the answer to that. We'll talk about that here in a second. Nevertheless, they did not heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. Verse 26, And then the child Samuel grew in the stature and in favor both with the Lord and men. Verse 27, Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer up offer upon my altar, to burn incense, and to wear an ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Verse 29, why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling place? And honor your sons more than me, to make yourself fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people." Verse 30, therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arms of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. Verse 32, and you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel, and there shall not be an old man in your house forever. Verse 33, but any of your men who I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons on Hophani and Phinehas, is in one day they shall die, both of them. Verse 35, Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before my anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, Please put me in one of the priestly positions that I may eat a piece of bread. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Samuel. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, 
We'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at grace to the hearers dot com. That's info at grace to the hearers dot com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at grace to the hearers dot com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at five two zero seven two three. 7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So, if you've been blessed by today's message, Join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.